let's move on to some listener questions. As usual, I've been fishing around for some questions, some inquiries on our Discord chat channel. So if anyone who's in the, the L5R Discord, uh, one, if you're not on Discord, come hang out. It's a great place to be. If you are interested in L5R, we have LCG chat rooms. We have RPG chat rooms. We even have some board game chat rooms and many others. Court Games, the podcast, has a chat channel where I interact with some people when I'm not trolling you guys in your own personal clan rooms. And that's where I generally post the questions. So, Sar, as our guest, please start us off. What is the first question? First question is from Okoto Yama, the cat herder. Is Uji fair and balanced? You're the crane guy. Do you want to answer this, <laughs> or do you want to let the guy who's been playing with a super busted card for the last, I think, year answer this one I th- first? I think people hear me talk to him. Let's hear your opinions first. Everything I say is suspect at yeah. best. <laughs> He's not fair and balanced, but he is way less busted than mm, Tadaka. Mm. I'd agree with that. Um, I think there there is still a level of unfairness, okay? Like, limit... Every time... I um, We recently got a whole bunch of new players here in the Southern California area, and um, I always... I made the joke, half-hearted joke, really. It's like a 50% joke, that if it has limit once per deck, it's super mm-hmm. busted. What card has limit one per deck that is that reminds you of Uji? Uh, something in... Scorpion, I can't quite... Hidden Moon Dojo. (laughs) Yeah, that one. So, it is... But at the same time, he costs five, he has to be honored. There are... There are... There are ways to play around Mm. Uji, right? Obviously, if he's honored, you're probably going to have a little bit of a harder time, because that possibly could turn on Voice of Honor, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Scorpion, uh, um, admittedly, Scorpions would have have an easier time dealing yeah. with that. Oh, Mark yeah. of Shame is, you know, I actually won against uh, against a crane player yesterday because I marked oh, Shame geez. him right in the nick of time mm-hmm. too. Um, uh, so he wasn't able to buy anything. He was able to, I think, he was able to get a guest of honor out and nothing else mm-hmm. after that. Uh, so. That's how you play around Uji. You cloud is a thing for Uji, so and let's be honest, a discount of one for Crane is going to be tough. I think that's one of the biggest aspects of Uji. That is, is probably discount. the biggest one. Yeah. The discount is probably the mm-hmm. biggest uh one. I still think he's um, he's not as broken mm. as Tadaka. Tadaka basically just says yeah. no. He speeds up Crane. Tadaka slows down your opponent. But uh, I don't think I don't think Uji is you know is fair and balanced. But I don't think he's as bad as Tadaka. How can we fix Uji? I honestly don't know. Is he going to be fine in the meta? I think he is because, like you said earlier, Crane does not have that great of a dynasty road. Well, we didn't. Now we we have a really good dynasty road. Now the bigger issue is so so the problem with Uji. This is where the things that stop him from being like a complete monster is he's limited to 
you know, the people, the, uh, buying people in your dynasty. So the more holdings you have, the more unique cares you have. It kind of slows that down. You're probably buying Uji with as much fate as you can muster on the first turn, which is like three to four fate. So you're buying him and you're not usually activating him until the next turn. It is really easy to get him honored. And even if his ability doesn't work, he's still a 6-2 to 8-4 monster. So he's really powerful. But yeah, it's really easy to kind of like lock him up. He can still do hit him dojo shenanigans. Like if he's still honored at the end, like after um, you've discarded fate from characters um, in the cleanup phase, you can just start buying characters at that point and then they're past the buy phase and you can, they can just roll into the next round and then Uji could buy more characters with a brand new uh, load of fate that you're going to get from starting the round. He's oh, really yeah. big. Uh, I, I, he's uh, roughly on the same level of Mitsu, whereas Mitsu can... Uh, it tends into the day of the week that I feel this way. Because on one hand, Mitsu has some interactions with uh, holdings in his... Um, or the provinces in the deck he's in. You know, Void Fist is really strong. He just pull all these things that are just all over the place into his hand for free and then put them back into the deck, and that's really strong. But when Uji gets rolling, you know... That is... Especially when Crane, you have a pile of money and you get some of these like one or two costers that you're basically buying for free or you're bringing uh, a character into a very important conflict and you're just like kind of choosing when they want to come in or not. Yeah, he can be devastating. I, I, I see Uji as, um, you know, the guy that breaks. Mm-hmm. I see Uji as the guy that, I'm sorry, the guy that helps mm-hmm. you break. I see Uji basically stops a break. I mean... If I'm attacking you with, uh, I'm attacking, uh, was it magistrate station, and you have no honored guy, and the only and your only play is to play somebody from your province to stop the break, you know that saves a province at least. One thing is absolutely sure is the the longer Uji stays on the board, the more he is amplifying economic advantage in a fairly absurd way. Yeah, that, I mean that's true. Uh, so. Uji, I don't know. It's just like I, I'm not as threatened. I whenever I see whenever I see my opponent play Uji, I'm not as freaked out as when I see my opponent play Tanaka. Absolutely. Well, yeah, I think it speaks to Uji's strength that we're looking at the undisputed king of conflict characters, if not cards in the game, and saying like, "Well, he's not Tadaka." But he's close to give you kind of like a barometer of how strong Uji is. I don't think he's even close to Tadaka. You know, who do you think would be? I don't who, think he's if, other than Tadaka. Who's close to that power level? I think on that power level, um, to be honest, Kasada. Kasada, really? Mm, I don't know if I agree yeah. with that. I, I I could think. Um, I okay. I'm trying to think here. I mean, he's. I guess he's. Uh, I, I guess he's a little. I, I would put him a step above Yoshi. Okay. I would put him a step above. Uh, I see. I may be just reading it wrong, but I. I think he's about the same power level as Yokuni. Yokuni, really? Mm, well, yeah. Not to say that Yokuni or Kasada or uh, or Yoshi are like pushovers by any means, but uh, I do think he's a fair bit above these guys, especially since like how restricted those people are. Uh, Kasada has a constant ability that works, but can be turned off, and he's easily tricked. Like, it's really easy to find. In certain decks, like an action that gets kind of throw away just to turn off Kasada. 
Um, and he's one of those. He turns into one of those abilities that he will screw you over if you forget about him and stop respecting his ability. Uh, especially now that, uh, except for uh, Birmingham, uh, Daimyo's Goonbai has proven to be a really good tool that you can just like throw in his face and it just bounces back to your hand and turns off his ability. Right. Uh, well, Ningyo also. Okay, never mind. I forgot about that and Ningyo too. Okay, that's. Um, so take Tadaka. Yeah. Uh, Togashi Yokuni, uh, he's also in a similar situation of he can be really strong if you have someone else on the board with a powerful oh. ability, but just as well you could have someone else on the board with kind of like a garbage ability that's not really generating much value. Oh, that's the other thing. That's I, I mean, I, I, I could make the same argument with uh, for Uji. Your province row could be 1-1 one, one chuds. It could you could have a whole you know you could have a province row of holding and uh, for whatever reason three whispers. Mm -hmm. You know what? If I could buy one to three whispers for free, I think that that argument alone. Like let's take what is the worst character I can buy in a crane uh, pack um, in a dynasty flop? You know, yeah, whisper. You know, if okay. I just buy a bunch of them, I mean that is the only one yeah. one you're running. <laughs> so, I mean. That's the only one cost you're running, rather. I'm sorry. Yeah, for, one, for, for, uh, because Stewie is restricted. God, I can't believe that. I was so happy when I read that. When you read which one? A steward oh, of law. Geez. Yeah, the things we do to kill people in duels to the death. <laughs> exactly. But anyway, as far as answer the question, I think the appropriate answer is get wrecked, lion. Now nah, your guys' pack will be out soon. <laughs> I'm holding yeah. out for you guys. And uh, one final note I wanted to say with Uji and Tadaka and uh, Mitsu is I do kind of wonder what the general like. What is a quote unquote powerful card? What is the, the term they use is haymaker. What's the barometer that the game wants to set with a lot of these things? I'm unsure. Honestly, I think the fairness level is, and I and I and I know it's like not all clans mm -hmm. are equal, and I know the cards on restricted list, but I think on as of on a fairness level, I think fate worse than death. It's a gold okay. standard. Probably. It costs it. It mm -hmm. costs four. First of all, it costs four. It um it takes up a spot in a really tight conflict deck. It's it can be mm -hmm. countered, so all that four fake could just go yeah. down the drain. But it you know that it's a high risk high reward card. Okay. No, absolutely, I agree. Uh, but, but again, my, my question is a little bit similar to our. What I'm trying to say is, if let's say we're gonna say Uji is a problem, right? We'll just say we, we've established that. Uh -huh. How do we solve that? Do we restrict Uji? Do we, like, nerf him a little bit? Or does the game want to get everybody their own Uji, or everyone gets a card up on that level? I think the Unicorn pack is kind of somewhat of a misstep, because, as we all know, Unicorn came out of the box really bo uh, not good, um, and over the last, like year two years now they've been doing a lot to kind of push them forward and i think they've been you don't want to see an overcorrection but you look i came out of the unicorn pack it's like oh there's not really much going on here i think they stabilized a hell of a lot more but you know chagatai is no uji is what i'm saying right chagatai is no uji um chagatai is more prob i mean he's a sumiko yeah. Right, he does. He just doesn't mm. bow, um, Chagatai. But at the same time, 
you got to remember Unicorn has probably one of the most splash cards. Mm-hmm. Talisman Definitely. of the Sun. Because basically it just says instead of, instead of breaking three problems, you have yeah. to break Well, actually, four. I think the most splash card is Let Go. But, you know, Let Go is its own bag of worms. Well, okay, yeah, <laughs> Let Go. Let Go is the most splash card, but um, a lot of people have been moving away from Dragon. Have they? How do, how do we define a lot of people? Phoenix... Phoenix is a lot of most Phoenix are still okay. Yes, Phoenix is still splashing yeah. dragon, right? Are they? Uh, you tell me. I, you think you would know it better than I would. Phoenix, I, I, I still the I'm looking. Uh, yeah, the decks that uh, most decks at um, Phoenix is still splashing dragon. There's a few outliers with uh, lion, for but um, that's it's yeah. it's few. Uh, dishonor. Okay, dishonor Phoenix splashes scorpion, but that's you know. That may, eh, that's Dishonor yeah. Phoenix. Um, Dragon is splashing, still splashing crab. Lion is kind of just trying whatever Absolutely. sticks to the wall Nothing's at this working. point. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, Unicorn is also on mostly on crab. Okay, I've just been seeing them on Lion a lot recently, but I, I believe you. Yeah, I could see. I've seen some Lion book yeah. too, but I think they um, because they got. Uh, what is it? They got Keeper of yep. Water now. Um, they are splashing yep. Fight On. Um, let's see, Crane. I don't. I don't. We're I mean, on, you, uh, unless you're on Dueling, I, I think if you're Dueling Crane, you are on Dragon. Otherwise, I think you are. We're on Dragon on largely Scorpion? because there's nothing anybody can offer us that we want. So, and then Leko is just, like, hyper-efficient, like, it's get the clouds off me, you know, break down crab and dragon attachments, so. Well, that's fair. Uh, what clan am I missing? The unimportant one. <laughs> Scorpion. Okay, Scorpion. Yeah, Scorpion is on yeah, Phoenix. Scorp- Scorpion is actually... Mostly uh, right now. I've noticed they're all over the place. That. Yeah, and they're also uh, a faction. Key, Keeper of Air backhanded compliment. Fa- Keeper of Air backhanded compliment yep. is on Phoenix because display of power and seeker of knowledge. Yeah, uh, Scorpion are, have the lovely situation of all the stuff that they really want are all in clan, so they have the privilege of like going to multiple clans and doing whatever. Some of them have will go Dragon and just have six attachment, six to nine attachment hate cards just to burn down Crab and Dragon. Some of them will go to Phoenix and start doing, you know, Consumed by Five Fires. Some of them will go to Crane and start throwing people off of bridges. They have a lot of options they can play around with, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought about doing that, but honestly, it's... see... I moved on. I moved on from this uh, display of power is actually a good card and a balance card to, yeah, maybe it needs yeah. to be fixed. <laughs> well, that's what I'll say. Like, what is what is uh, what is what's good power level for a lot of these cards? And I, I mean, that's not an answer. I'm just kind of interested to see like are a lot of these cards going to be addressed as in nerfed down or are we can we expect to see a lot of buffs we've already been seeing some really interesting things coming from this hypothetical inheritance cycle mostly hypothetical because they're supposed to be out in the next like week or two but we've heard zero inheritance inheritance cycle cycle. i believe inheritance cycles i believe was supposed to start in um is supposed to start in june I haven't heard word one way or another and stuff. But the overall point is, we're getting some strong mm. cards in the in each of these sets, and I'm wondering like where, yeah. like how we define a strong card. What's that going to be in the future? 
I mean, I don't think, I mean, I don't know. As a community, we all have, because we are playing seven different clans, what's strong for one clan may not necessarily be strong for another clan. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I find it very hard to see, um, I don't know, like Unicorn uh, valuing Fate Worse Than Death on the same level that a crane would honor Fate mm-hmm. Worse Than Death. Oh, yeah, they're, they're, they're absolutely the clans, how they're built differently, value certain things, you know. We can say that, you know, Uji and Shagatai are not on the same uh, role. However, Uji li- loves uh, being in an HMT deck and stuff, and he loves running people down and stuff, and he can go hog wild in his own right. Yeah. Uh, but that's enough for that question. Uji on HMT? No, Chagatai. <laughs> I might oh. have said Uji, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you said I, Uji. Listen, I'm Crane. I just go to bed at night just thinking of Uji and deeply sighing in my dreams, okay? That's that's my life now. Uh, okay, you do that. Right. So next question that we have in <laughs> the mailbag is Wabajack, first of Samurai, has a question. He says, why haven't you mentioned me yet? And I'm like, who are you? Who the hell are you? <laughs> yeah, he's a buddy of mine. Uh, his name is Mason. Wabajack is actually the owner and operator of the Art of Bushido website. Um, i tell you why I don't mention him is because... Uh, so we go to a lot of events together. Actually, we go to events and we're, we both go to events independently and kind of meet up. Um, and every time I introduce him to somebody... He just becomes the most popular person. I introduced him to oh. uh, the folks over at the Last Province podcast, and they keep shouting him out. And they never shout me out because I'm super jealous. Um, <laughs> he went on Twitter. I was like, I need to uh, listen to more people on Twitter. Who should I follow? I'm like, listen to me. You can follow all the people I follow on Twitter, including the folks over at Garbage of the Five Rings who have mentioned him before. And they like, oh, we really like your website because it's a great resource for the old lore of the, of the game. Because uh, he does a lot of interviews with the artists uh, uh, who did like the first few editions of the game um, and so they use him as a reference and then he's getting shout outs from them so yeah this is why I don't talk about <laughs> Wabajack aka Mason aka the Art of Bushido uh, website at artofbushido.com <laughs> because everyone likes you more than yeah, me yeah see my thing is I don't even know who he is so but now you know I know it's after battle <laughs> and a part of me kind of don't care. Uh, Mason's a real good dude and stuff. Ironically, what he, he is, as, I, I know, I, I, as, I'm as, sure as, he is, but I just <laughs> I was making a joke. No offense, don't hate me. As, too much, much. as much as he, he he lives on these websites, he like is so involved in the community, has not played a single game of the new FFG version of L5R. He's one of those old school players who does not like the new version and stuff, but he still likes the community and he still likes the lore and everything. Oh, fair. <laughs> Why'd you take the the next question there, Sar? Okay, Kuni Katsuyoshi, Crab Dad, how do I get ripped like Asada? <laughs> um, well, you could crucify your uh, second-born son to the Shadowlands. Um... Cut your have your oldest son get his hun- hand get cut off and attach a demon claw to it, <laughs> and then march your entire army through Biden's Pass, get your ass kicked by Totori, and uh, and have your oldest son you know cut off Hitomi's hand, <laughs> and then um, listen to listen to Gachiko again, the you know the same girl that told you to march to Biden's Pass. And listen to her again and march on Otosan Uchi, where the possessed emperor can ram a sword right through your gut. 
See, this is what, what I think Quesada, how he gets so ripped, is he's got this big sack. And in his sack, he's got a bunch of spy glasses and talismans and horses. And he picks up his sack and he walks to one province. Oh, don't forget to watch Commander. <laughs> is... Don't forget. Oh, you know what? No, that's how. That's what Quesada is. <laughs> Casada is just three watch commanders stacked on top of each other. I'm three watch commanders in a trench coat. <laughs> it's three watch commanders in a trench coat. <laughs> no, it's three watch commanders in an armor. <laughs> Wait, no, that's limit one per character. Damn it, no, that's. This a is how Casada gets so strong. You have one job in the Empire, one job, and completely fail it in every conceivable, every single time, every way you can describe it. Oh my God, no! It's like I, I think I uh, people that I've that spoken to me has um, know that I, I've told them this before. There are two clans in this game that I will absolutely will never play. Lion is one of them, and the other one is Crab. And there are reasons why, and it's not anything logical, like I just don't like the way they play or anything like that, um, but it's all related to the old yeah. game. It's all related to lore. I hate both clans with a passion because yeah, of story. Yeah. Uh, and we just mentioned, I would give another shout out to uh, Garbage of the Five Rings podcast, um, uh, Amelia and Jude over there. Uh, yes. They go through all of the original lore of the original version of the game. And keep in mind, well, when the game was uh, came out like in the early 90s, like 20, over 20 years ago, um, it was kind of this like impromptu RPG kind of like they making the story up as they're going and they didn't exactly have that well of a end game and they didn't understand Japanese culture as well as we do now because <laughs> we weren't, uh, the internet wasn't what it is today where they right. could really look at the stuff. So these had these really like corny, like kind of racially insensitive movies to base everything off of. Um, I mean, they could have went to a library, like did some actual academic research, but like none of us do that for RPGs. Um, and so, like, and then what they do is they go back through uh, the garbage of the five rig folks. They go every week, uh, every two weeks, and look at this lore and like, how did we get here? And the horrible decisions people made in the first few years of this game, the characters. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Oh my god. I mean, shout out to them too. They got me through like leg one of my journey from Singapore mm. to Tokyo. I basically was, I spent that entire six hour flight listening to every single Garbage of the Five Rings mm. podcast. Um, so they got me through that. Uh, but yeah, no. Um, I, uh, people that know me also know that I play, started playing this game, the old game rather. Uh, right before the second day of thunder, right when you know between middle school mm -hmm. and high school, okay, for me. So I was, I mean, it was like I was at my game store when they were at uh, when people were at, at Gen Con, and I'm like, you know, this middle school kid about to go into high school, and all these other guys was just like, what's happening? He's like, what's going on? It's like, I need to know. We need to know what's going on. I'm wait. We're waiting for yeah. the results of of that, and I remember that. Um, because we were just like, everyone was just like on edge and we really wanted to know who was going to be the next emperor and God damn it. It was the freaking lion. <laughs> of course it was Tatori. Who else was it going to be? <laughs> you know what? I would have been really happy if it was Tadaka. Uh, <laughs> sure. 
he's he's a he's a good Can candidate. Sure. It's a yeah. <laughs> they have no problems with that whatsoever. Oh, jeez. There would be no problem with the Emperor Empire whatsoever if Tanaka was the Emperor. I will say, uh, so one of the reasons why I like this new Fancy Flight version of the rebooted storyline, because I can get it on the ground running, and I'm like, I'm fully up to date with this new version of the lore, and I've, I hear rumors of it, and... Come on, I'm some I'm, I'm hosting an L5R podcast. I run an L5R website. I do all this, uh, go to these events, and I study this stuff almost like, like a freaking religion and stuff. That said, I came into this particular game in like 2009. I was introduced to it in high school, but then I joined the Navy for five years, and sailors didn't want to play any L5R. And the only reference I had to learning the game was from the uh, Wizards of the Coast Oriental Adventures version of L5R. Oh God, I remember. So I've got that. like this. I forgot about that. that. Why did you remind hey, me of that? Hey, those are very precious to me. And so someone like me is like, I've, I've got this hard line. So when people say like, oh, Uji this and Shagate this and all these other things, like I came in when uh, Noritoshi was the coolest character. And that's all I know. <laughs> the tail end right. of the Destroyer War. No, the reason I said that, the reason I say um, why did you remind me of that was because I had one guy, I was running a regular D&D campaign, I had one guy absolutely wanted to be, and because there was a race in that source book called the Venara, which are the monkey okay, people. I remember those guys, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> you play, play a race of Rafiki from Lion King, yeah. <laughs> he basically played Rafiki from the Lion King. So yeah, well, for someone like me, where people are like I hear it all these horror stories about like people bad. like Casada and stuff, and I'm sure like people from like you who go back in the day would like have like might have a different view of it. But I just hear everything told offhanded years after the fact in sequential order. So I'm like, okay, Casada did this, 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 and this, and he's like super well beloved by the community. Why? <laughs> So the armies of the crab are like halfway through Biden's pass with a a, a legion of sh the Shadowlands horde in tow going, you know what? I think these guys might be evil. Maybe this wasn't a good idea. Hmm. <laughs> right. No, it's, uh, yeah, as bad as, uh, okay. So as uh, screwed up as the story is right now, if you're, so if you're listening, if you have been listening to Garbage of the Five Rings, shout out to them again, you know how screwed up the story has been so far. Just wait till you get to the Reign oh, of Blood. What happens in the Reign of Blood? The Reign of Blood is also known as Diamond okay. Edition. So you've got a while to go. Just sit tight, relax. Go on the ride, and you'll get there. Well, unless eventually. they accelerate the timeline. I mean, as I understand it, there's been a point of confusion about this. Like, Chagatai's not supposed to show up for another, like, 20 years or something. But here he is now because apparently in the original story, Unicorn didn't really do anything interesting for the first, like, several versions of the game. This is what I hear. These are rumors. Yeah, but at the same time, the whole storyline of this game is drastically mm. different than the old game like um spoiler alert um so maybe pause or maybe fast forward you know a good two three minutes if you haven't read all any of the fiction satori did not kill the emperor in the old game 
Bayushi Shoju killed the Emperor in the old game. Yeah, that's the that whole uh, the sword ambition of one of those blood swords, as I understand it. Yes, and if you and yes, and in this timeline, um, the blood sword ambition is uh, there because somebody actually noticed that the word ambition in one in one of the fictions the word ambition was capitalized and it was referred to Kachiko. <laughs> So it could be that Kachiko actually is now is the one holding ambition in this time. So speaking of podcasts, and actually our own podcast, because I had uh, uh, Robert Denton, who is a contributing writer for Legend of the Five Rings, the old version and a new version, um, on his own podcast. And he also, I, we, me and uh, Jeannie interviewed him uh, on this podcast, and he was talking about the recent storyline, and he kept saying they were an ambition. I'm like, Bobby. You keep saying ambition way too much. <laughs> ambition does play a good... St I mean, of all the blood swords, I think that one's the one that played the most role in uh, in, Elf in old yeah. L5R. So um, I would like to see that blood sword come back in this timeline. I do like how so far, as I understand it, this the this new story, this new fantasy flight story, has been following roughly the path of the original story, but it's just different enough, and it's just added roughly, enough that yes. like, it can go the exact same way, or it could go someplace completely different. Either way, it will be a more cohesively told story. I'm fairly confident at this point, uh, but we can. Oh, it already has been. I mean, it really has already. But been. I'm. I, more I am kind of interested, like, even though, like, if it's a situation of, like, I'd rather see things different just for the sake of things being different, but, like, every time there's a big plot point happening, I'm like, is it going to happen the same, or is it going to be different? I don't know, and it's adding a, a fairly bit of excitement for myself. Yeah, it's, it, it, it for old-timers like me who, you know, um, it's... I, I'm not. The story's not spoiled for me already. I'm. It's, it's not like I'm re, replaying, reliving. You know, it's it's not a remake. It's an entirely new story, which I'm actually loving. I was really scared and tentative. I'm like, wait a minute. This is like they took it back way before the Scorpion yeah. Clan coup. I'm kind of wondering, and I was a little bit nervous about that. But you know, now going into the story it's 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 been really good i've been really loving it. one thing i'm interested in i wonder if they're going to do another thousand years of darkness which and i don't understand I, I wasn't there but as i understand it uh uji became oh. like did a doctor who and became a time traveler and came from a parallel apocalyptic universe and be like marty everything went bad and the fu lang took over the emperor and we had a thousand years of darkness and i'm going to try to undo this timeline um, we can kind of do that right now because when we last left the AEG story, uh, Ken Pecky was about to ascend the throne of the, uh, empire so we could have someone from the old AEG thing come and be like, yeah, we did another thousand years of darkness. Turns out we're really bad at uh, averting this thing. <laughs> well, Every, to be fair, like every time, like there was like an apocalyptic event, like every five yeah. years with the old game. So, you know, I wouldn't, if I had to face the apocalypse that many times, I would fail one yeah. of those times. It's, it's very superhero crossover event. 
uh, the kind of the tropes the Elf of Art tends to fall into. Because on one hand, you want all these clans to be at each other's throat and fighting, but no one can ever like decisively win or like get the other hand too much because you're just gonna upset the player base of whoever the losing faction is. So it's like, oh, we're all just gonna kind of like have piddly little fights that we're not really doing much against, and then we're all gonna band together to fight the real evil. We gotta fight Lex Luthor. <laughs> Right, uh, which I, you know what, it's a whole new story. Let's go sure, from there. Sure. Let's see, we're going to wrap up this letter section uh, with a letter from, who is it? The, the Sar Agus? I don't know. Sar Agus? Lucas? Who the hell is know. he? No one important. <laughs> he asked. Yeah. Yes, will Hotaro be pancooed again? And that's that's a kind of a misleading question yes. because Hotaro was never pancooed. Hatori was, but Hotaro never has been. <laughs> Sorry, why don't you elaborate what this question is? Read at. the rest. Read the oh, rest. Read, read the rest. Okay, let's see. And why will Crane deserve it this time? Also, how should Crane be punished for failing to defend the second seal? All this is gobbledygook. None of this has happened in the FFG storyline. <laughs> no, but they. But yes, she should be pancooed again. And why does Crane deserve it this time? Uji. And uh, should Crane be punished for failing to defend a second seal? Absolutely. All right, so before we lo lose too many of the new listeners who have long ago tuned out of our dumb bullshit, um, the panku, uh, let's discuss what the egg of panku is. So panku is the dragon of insanity. I know that much. Is that right? He was the dragon of insanity, isn't he? Okay. Yep. It was the mad dragon. He had an egg, and basically you can take this egg, and if you put somebody's blood into it or whatever, you could make that egg would become a copy of that person. Now, Kachiko had this egg, and she had an affair with Hotori. Mm -hmm. Um, so she uses blood and made a copy of him, and that false Hoturi, you know, led the Crane clan and just basically wrecked them, like having them do all these atrocities and whatnot. And the reason why that happened was because there was a storyline vote or a storyline tournament. I can't remember if it was a vote or a tournament. The Garbage of the Five Ring people mm -hmm. did this, but, um, but the community hated the Crane so much. That everyone over that it was an overwhelming vote that says this the the crane is the one that we that we picked to be Panku. This is something I've t talked about before, where a lot of decisions. So the glory of L five R, one of the greatest aspect, I think their greatest, you know, unique selling point is you go to a tournament, you do well, you get the opportunity to make a decision that impacts the story. I think it's the greatest thing about L five R, but it also is like cause for a lot of consternation because you have people making decisions um, based less on things that make like sense for the story and more that would be because they value the cards. Like one of the reasons why Quesada can do horrible, horrible things and then keep getting like ex uh, experienced versions and come back is because his card was powerful. So they kept bringing him back. Chagatai, as I understand it, was a you know, horrible person, basically a villain of the series, and then, but he was a really powerful unicorn card, so they kept, every time the unicorn players would vote to keep getting more and more experienced versions, he had like five experienced versions. Robert Denton mentioned on his podcast the tale, uh, or the tales of uh, Yoritomo, who was objectively a villain 
in the old lore uh but he was became yeah. so popular that he just became like they just like oh we're just gonna sleep all sweep all that under the rug and then you have stories like this where i have to ask like what was going like kachiko notoriously like underdeveloped because she just does evil things for evil sake uh why would she betray her lover uh hotori this way and create an evil clone doppelganger of him uh to you know <laughs> the evil scorpion ends that never seem to come to fruition perhaps but yeah to be i mean of all the things that uh that i really like or that ffd has done with this game is one of the big things that i will absolutely give them credit for is that they fix a lot of the problematic things that um that aeg had with uh l5r like they fixed a lot of the name convention there was like you know some character's name was complete gobbledygook in japanese they fixed and when they brought the character over to this game they fixed the characters and they fixed Mm -hmm. the name so kudos to them um another thing is they actually gave kachiko you know some depth to her back then she was just you know i'm seductive i'm evil i'm pretty and i'm doing all these things and i you don't know i'm doing this but i'm pretty so just look at me right now there is a reason why she's doing all these things it's and and you know it's for the and uh based on the last story we know that reason it's and do is is it is it is it uh does it make it her any less evil i don't think it does but it gave her depth beyond just being a femme yeah. fatale so for, so for this actual question when you say like will hotaru be pan again Assuming if they go down this particular story point again, because that was the, I've, as I recall, this particular plotline wasn't very well received. But should it happen again, like as as I stand no. right now, I would say like Kachiko would not do this thing right now because she cares too much about Hotaru. That said, if she did do it, I because she does you know still value her clan and her family above all else. I would be very compelled to what reason and justification she would actually have to do so this time. And I don't know what those reasons and justifications will be. This and that time makes around. it exciting to me. Back then, know? it does. It does. Back then, we knew we, her only. The only reason why she did it was, and we. And to be fair, when the community made that vote, they did not know everything that happened in um, Hotaru and Kachiko's mm-hmm. past. Because remember, Scorpion Clan Coup is a prequel right. to, so none of that exposition happened yet. So we didn't. So we, we, as the player community, did not know anything about their past. We just did it. We just all we thought about was, oh, she's just doing this because she's evil. Well, <laughs> I look forward to finding all this thing out. <laughs>